Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Debo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 39. 39. I hope that you are having a great day, uh, afternoon, night, morning, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, which I would imagine in some ways is probably in your home or on a walk or maybe even in your car. (laughs) I don't know where you're going. Maybe you're driving to go get some groceries or something like that, but I hope you're doing well. I I have to say... I do think about you all. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are specifically, but I do think about you. I, 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 I'm, as I'm preparing these, I'm praying that God would use them to encourage and challenge our hearts. Uh, these are interesting times that we find ourselves in. And so I, I'm just praying, God, would you just use your word, use your word to challenge and comfort people, uh, to move to your heart and to care for other people. And so I just continue to pray that for you. I pray that you're healthy. I pray that you're uh, getting to experience uh, a slower pace of life a little bit. hope you're enjoying if you have family, time with your family, some solace, all those different things. Um, but uh, I hope you've gotten to open up the windows. I hope you've gotten to take some fresh air outside of your home and see that God is consistent, that the seasons that we find ourselves in, we're in spring season, spring equals new life. What was dead in winter is now coming to life in spring. And I, and I always think about the seasons. Seasons are consistent. They remind us that God is a consistent God. In the same way the sun rises, it sets every night. It's consistent, and He is consistent, and He is here. Isaiah 6.8 is the passage. Isaiah 6.8, and it says this. The prophet Isaiah says this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. I'll read it again. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Yesterday, I was on a a Zoom meeting, uh, a board meeting, a Harvest India board meeting with Suresh. He's the president of Harvest India. And, And I know, like, if you've tuned in, like, I talk a lot about India. And I'll just tell you, it's because it's dramatically shaped my life. He has dramatically shaped my life. He's one of my, I would say, one of my spiritual fathers. I really look up to him. And he's a really, really dear, dear friend uh, of mine. His whole family is. But uh, the other reason is India has given me a greater understanding of who God is. I think growing up here in the West my whole life, in America my whole life, I realize I am blind to the way that God moves around the world. And if I'm not careful, I start thinking I have a white picket fence theology. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this whole, this kind of suburbia theology. And so Suresh and the ministry of Harvest India and India as a whole allows my Um, allows my theology to be expanded. It allows me to have a greater understanding of the God, not just of the United States, but the God of the world. And so uh, on a conversation uh, call, Zoom call with him yesterday, him talking about COVID, everything that's going down with um, 
with that in India. He sent me a video this week that, I mean, they literally put a billion and a half people in, shut them down, quarantine them. You can't go out. And he sent me this video this week of like, and this is India, but a guy's on a motorcycle and a police officer's beating him with a cane because he's outside. I mean, like literally hitting him with a cane. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's India though. Uh, That's how they deal with things. Get in the house. And if you don't, I'm going to hit you with a cane. So um, we were trying to ask him, this is on the board call that we were on. Uh, We're trying to ask him like, what's going on? What's happening? And he's talking about the, the immense need that is going on in India right now. Like the, that there are people who could barely survive when they were outside and they can kind of scavenge for food. Now they can't do that. And so there's the hungrier are so much more hungry. And, but uh, harvest India has been released to go serve and, and feed these people. But there's a, a shortage, a shortage of money, a shortage to be able to go provide for all these things. And yet he continues to do it. He continues to go after it. So as a board, we're trying to understand, like, how is this happening? How are you doing this? You know, how are you how are you going after this? How are you meeting all these needs? You know, and uh, his faith is so dynamic. He, he, he referred back to this passage, and that's why I bring it up here today, because it just caught me off guard. He was like, God is saying to us, who will I send? Who will I send? Who will go for us? Who will go care for these people? Who will go love these people? Who will go share the good news of Jesus Christ? The gospel. The gospel is good news. <laughs> it's good news. Like we need good news right now. I don't know about you, but we need good news, right? Because every turn into the news and I'll, and, the, and the narrative that's being crafted there is, is bad news. We need good news and good news is Jesus. He loves us. He sees us. He has not abandoned us. And Suresh is like, he is looking to each and every one of us. He is looking to me, Suresh says, and he is saying, whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? And Suresh says, me and my family and the ministry's response is here am I. Send me. And we all on the call were, you could almost hear hear an audible gasp because it felt like a commissioning. It felt like a commissioning, not just from Suresh, but from God, that he's looking down to each and every one of us And with the same question, this same moment. And what I love about this passage, what I love about it is it's an invitation. God is inviting Isaiah to be a part of a plan that's so much bigger than him. It's bigger than he could ever imagine, but it is an invitation. It is an invitation to join God where God is is moving. It's an invitation to be a part of something that we can't truly fully understand, but it is an invitation. And I don't know about you, but I grew up feeling like God never gave invitations. He just always made demands. You know, he was always demanding of people, you know, uh, he was always telling people what to do. And if you do this, then this, if you don't do this, then this. And what I have found 
the deeper I've grown in my relationship with the Lord, which simply means the weaker I learn that I am is where I'm growing deeper. Not that I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger and reading more Bible. No, I'm reading the Bible. And as I'm reading the Bible, I'm going, oh my gosh, who am I? (laughs) Who am I? And maybe that's happening for you. I don't read the Bible to be stronger. I I read the Bible to realize I am weak and I need the one who can help me be strong, right? And so, as I read the Bible now, I read that this is an invitation. It is an invitation that he is giving to you and to me. And this is the invitation that he's giving to Isaiah. It's not a demand. He's not going, you're the guy, you're going to do this. And if you don't, you know what? You're missing out. But this is an invitation. You know, I was thinking about Nicodemus, Jesus and Nicodemus, and the invitation that Jesus was making to him, right? He was bringing him into a discussion and essentially going, do you want to be born again? Not be born again. No, do you want that? Do you want that? The woman at the well? You know, do you want this living water? Just thinking so many times throughout the Bible that there is an invitation, not a demand. And the thing about an invitation that I really love it, it is that, that uh, it's a choice. There is a choice. And that choice is called free will. That we have a free will. That we can respond to the invitation or decline the invitation from God. You see, God invites us to participate in his plans. In the plans that he has, not just for now, but the plan he has for the future. It is an invitation, but we get to respond. That's the free will. We get to choose whether we're going to say yes or no. Yes or no. And there should be a weight. There's a a weight and a beauty to that decision, to that responsibility of free will. I I, I started thinking about um, decisions, like weighty decisions weighty yeses or weighty noes. And I remember being on the beach with Patty, 20, let's see, I was 21 years old, 21 years old, got down on a knee. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I loved this girl. And I was like, will you marry me? Like, will you do that? Will you marry me? That's an invitation, right? Will you, will you marry me? And she said, yes. I can't believe that, right? I can't believe she said yes, right? But she did. And, I, and, and I, I, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, that was a really weighty yes. That was a beautifully weighty yes. But that was a faith-filled yes. Like, you know, like believing that without knowing all that's going to happen in the future, how I'm going to turn out. Like I, I was a, a crazy in, insecure kid. Uh and, and and she said yes. Like she had a faith-filled response of saying yes. And what Isaiah says here is, here am I, send me. Yes, I want to go. I want to be your guy. I want to be a part of what you're doing and where you're going and what you're calling me into. The response is a brilliant example of abandonment. 
You know, this is like Jesus in the garden saying, not my will, but yours be done. I want what you want. I want your plan. I want your desires. It's the disciples. When Jesus says, follow me, them saying, okay, we're in. Yes, we're going to follow you. There's a beautiful abandonment in our yes, in our yes to God's commissioning, his calling, his invitation to us. There is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment of abandonment for us. But this response, if we sit down and think about it, and that's why I was thinking about uh, Patty saying yes to marry, marry me. If we think about it, the response is a bit unhuman. It feels unhuman. Um, and the reason why it feels unhuman, maybe from a very Western perspective, is that we want all the facts ahead of time, don't we? You know, it's not like God said to uh, Isaiah, uh, before I tell, before I commission you, before I ask a question, let me give you all the data. Let me tell you how this is going to work out. Let me sh- let me give you the sheet, the fact sheet. Uh, let me give you how we've prototyped this. Uh, uh, let me tell you how I think this could work out. No, no, no. He doesn't do that. He just says, "Hey, whom get, who am I going to send? Who will go?" You see, most of us we want all the facts. We want all the case studies. We want the data. And that's why making a decision to, to do anything is really difficult. This is why so many people, I think, are really struggling to make a decision to get married, right? Because marriage is a scary thing, right? It is a scary thing. It's why I think for so many people, now I'm looking at this generation and they're waiting longer and longer and longer to get married because that decision's scary. It's, it's unhuman in some ways because we're like, but I don't have all the facts. I don't know how this is going to turn out. This guy or this girl could be totally psycho in a year. They could really hurt me. But this is what we end up doing as we respond, a faith-filled response to God's calling and commissioning in our life is we say, I'm here. Send me. I don't have all the facts. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. And Suresh is what he was responding me to me or what he was encouraging and challenge, challenging me with. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't, I don't know how to meet all these needs. All I know is that the God of the universe invited me into something. And I said to him, here am I, send me. This is a decision of faith of faith in God. And I think this moment that we find ourselves in, as many of us are quarantined, is a moment of faith. A moment of faith in the same moment with Isaiah. In in, in Isaiah, I would encourage you to read the rest of Isaiah because uh, of this chapter in particular of Isaiah 6. And the reason why is this moment where he sees the Lord and he's broken. He's really broken. And the Lord meets him in that brokenness and then he commissions and he calls him and he's doing that to you and to me. He's doing that right now, but our response matters. And it is an invitation to participate in what God is doing right now in this moment. What is he inviting you into? What is he inviting me into? What is he putting right in front of me? There are needs and neighbors all around me. What What is he doing? What is he inviting me into? Is our response in this moment, send me, here am I, send me. Yes, I know I don't understand. And yes, I know I may not have a job. And yes, I know I might get sick. Right? But here am I, send me. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to be a a part of? In our faith-filled abandonment, 
is where we will find life. God never promised Isaiah health. He never promised Isaiah safety. He just commissioned him or he just created an invitation. Who, who will follow me? Who will follow my will? And Isaiah's response is me. Send me. What is God inviting you into? That's the question I've been working through. God, what are you inviting me into? So, Father, keep inviting us to be a part of your plan for our lives. Be patient with us when our faith falters. You are the God of the universe, and you love us, and we're so grateful. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you than your own heartbeat.